0: what's going on dude long time no see man i know holy shit i know yeah yeah, yeah let me uh get my stuff set up here i checked
1: cool. yeah i checked you were you were episode 49 this is episode 86
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> man i was kind of hoping to hit your episode 69 oh but... uh,
1: that was actually a coveted spot <laughs> Yeah, really? (laughs) I had one guy asking like weeks ahead of time. He was like, I want to be episode 69. I was like, yeah, man, it's fine. And like the day of I ended up having on like had on the Delta Force guy. and One of his friends Uh didn't think anything of it, like uploaded it. And the guy messaged me. He was like, bro, what the fuck? I thought I was 69. (laughs) So I went back in, changed that episode to 70 and uploaded 69 the next day. Yeah, no, you weren't alone. There was a uh, (laughs) there was a premium on that real estate. But yeah, um, you
0: know, I, I hear
2: you.
1: Yeah. So for all the good people listening, I don't remember. You were episode 49 and I don't remember which one before that. I was like, tw- like 20 something. Yeah. But you are my friend Brad Smith. I formerly drove around in an armored truck with yeah. uh, tons of fucking money. You ate lunch on a pallet of cash. And uh, yep. but now you work in a paper mill, correct?
0: I work in
1: a paper mill, man. Fuck it, no. Well, the thing is, well dude, like my fam, half my family's from Burl, New Hampshire, and they've been there for like almost a century. And yeah, in like from like the 1900s to the 1940s, that was the global capital of like paper mill innovation. <laughs> like it was yeah, one of the first places to have sure. electricity, just because it was. So yeah, it it is. You know, I think the paper mill's still there in Burl, New Hampshire. So. Yeah, no, I think oh,
0: it's I bet it is. I actually wouldn't be surprised if um, my company, Westrock, actually owns it. Really? Yeah, no. Um, they're actually a really big global uh, paper company or paper goods sort of thing. Um. So, wh- what got you? What got you into it? What?
1: What? What series of events? Especially coming from like armored truck driver, <laughs> it's not even like you know. It's not even like you were in like I don't know you know like i don't know fabrication or like steel or some heavy industry and you just you know you got a job through. you went armored truck driver to how the fuck did that happen
0: um (laughs) so well hell we're doing a a podcast so i'll give you the long yeah i don't give a fuck
1: dude i got Um, i got nothing going man coronavirus is gonna kill us all anyway Um, so
0: due to the circumstances of um some events at the armored truck company i decided to get other employment. I mean, clear cut, it was just very unsafe. The company just didn't really care about the employees. So uh, I was just kind of talking to my wife's father. And he's like, Hey, you know, you you should apply here. I'm like, Well, what's the pay? He's like, well, to start off, it's 18 bucks an hour. And I'm like, Wow, that's just a dollar less from what I'm making now. Yeah. And So I apply and then I find out all of the awesome things that I could do at at the paper mill. Um, I was recently promoted to, uh, the maintenance department, but for a year and a half, I was operating forklift and, uh, a clamp truck, Mm. It's just this big C and you grab bales of cardboard and you Mm. put them onto a conveyor belt to be made into more cardboard. Mm. But, um, no, man, I, I quickly went from, like, 18 bucks to $25 an hour, woof, and, woof, yeah. Woof. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. No, seriously, now now well, I'm making the,
1: money. Well, shit, dude. I mean, I've, shit, man, I'm 29. The most money I ever made, I think, it was, like, 13 bucks an hour. So, yeah, no, I wasn't yeah. saying that sarcastically. That's, fuck yeah, dude.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 and that's not even the best part. I mean, going into the maintenance department, I got another $2 extra an hour. And I mean, it's a union job, yeah. but see, the cool thing is, is, and this is kind of the reason why I never considered a union job is, you know, your union dues <laughs> and stuff like that, but it's like 20 bucks out of my paycheck and that's literally nothing.
1: That's awesome.
0: So, um, for a while I was doing a, uh, pretty crazy three, it's like a three shift rotation. Um, it went seven day shifts three days off five afternoon shifts three days off and then seven overnights and then three days off and you just kept doing that Mm. i i I did that for about a year and a half um now in this uh maintenance job it's just monday through friday and if uh the bosses need it put in some overtime Mm. yeah Mm. i mean it was it was fun doing the rotational stuff. I mean, I made a crap ton of money last year on my taxes. But um, going to my maintenance job, I'm taking a uh, pay cut. But no, he, n- nor here or, or there. It's just I applied because I have a child now and I yeah. need to be a provider.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, the the last thing I want to do is go to work get shot at work and not be able to provide for my family yeah so yeah i mean keep in mind though um the job that i'm in now is equally dangerous just for other reasons yeah
1: Yeah. heavy heavy mechanical equipment reasons but not yeah i think that's probably better though because it's like um yeah it's like what that guy i had on sean coots the skydiver and wingsuiter yes he was like Mm -hmm. he was like dude he's like Equipment failure is something that's like one in a hundred million chances that like something breaks. He was like, he's like, it's not dangerous. He's like the only, cause the only reason you die is if you're an idiot and you don't take the proper precautions. He was like, the equipment won't fail you. So I imagine it's kind of like that. It's, you know, it's dangerous at the paper mill because it, but it's, it's like, you're almost, it's like your own stupidity would cause it versus, you know, working at the armored truck company where you'll get shot. You freeze up, dude?
2: Oh, you there? There you go. Yeah, Hello? There. Yeah.
0: There we go. That's yeah. weird. But, but no, and, and I completely agree with them. I mean, equipment failure um, was a big thing in the armored car uh, job, too. I actually have a picture I could send you where it's me holding my um, seatbelt buckle <laughs> Um, while we're traveling down the highway and I snapchatted while my job just got a little bit more
2: dangerous,
0: (laughs) but no. So, um, going back to what you were saying with your family, um, and how you're connected to the paper mill kind of industry. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if our mill is a little bit older than what your, family kind of was around. Um yeah. Um we have four mills. We have one and two and five oh no and four and five. So it's one and two, four and five. Um one and two was built in eighteen eighty six. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And, and believe it or not, they're actually uh I think it was like a twenty year contract with General Mills right now because to my knowledge we're the only mill that manufactures all the cereal boxes for general mills nationwide. Fuck yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I that's be- some job security. That's some great. Right?
0: Yeah. Well, um, and I actually just found out that apparently my company has some really long-term patent on the process on how to make those boxes because on one side where you have all the ink, that's actually a ceramic coating Hmm. and they use some kind of combination of starch and clay to print on that one side. Hmm. And that is the patent. So yeah, no job security for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was, I was meditating earlier and I just noticed I had just like a general baseline anxiety. I was like, I was like, you know, aside from just like the normal existential, like, you know, we're all going to die one day, we're self-aware, meat meatbags sitting on a rock flying through space. Like, aside from that general, you know, the crushing okay. void all around us at all times, I was like, it was. I was I was thinking, I was like, well, what's really bothering me? You know, like what things normally bother me? I was like, well, I've been dieting very well. I got, as of yesterday, I got below 200 pounds for the first time since 2015. So. Good job. Man. Thank you. I'm Actually, I've,
0: I, I've been dieting as well. Fuck um, yeah. I think before our first podcast i was it was like 230 pounds and hell j- just last week i i uh weighed myself and i was 197 Woo. so Woo. right
1: yeah yeah man my uh, but yeah so i was like good job for you man Seriously, thank you very much you as
0: well it's it's not easy diving, no. dude. <laughs> no it is not at
1: all dude it is a no it is not at all that's a podcast in itself um Oh, but I was, yeah, I was going to say, so like dieting, I was like, no, I was like, I'm doing, doing good on that. I'm exercising. I'm, you know, getting good sleep. I don't drink. I don't smoke. it's not like, you know, it's not whenever I would go on like benders in college and I'd start to be like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I, I gotta pull it back. I'm drinking a lot. You know, I was like, but I was just kind of going through like the role of that. Like, you know, what are things I'm normally anxious about? I'm like, I'm doing well yeah. in my online school. Like I, I had, I, my first day of work was canceled because of coronavirus. It was just a, a job oh. at a local bar so i was like i have a job i just literally can't no one can do anything right now but i was just flipping mm-hmm. through everything in my mind and i was like you know things that normally would bother me i'm like no dieting exercise sleeping no drug abuse no substance abuse No, I'm like, I have a job. I'm doing well in school. I'm working on the podcast as much as I can. I'm doing six a week. I'm promoting it. I'm, you know, that's just, yeah, that's just, but that's just like a time thing. I know that's just a waiting game, just working And it. But it dawned on me. I was like, the thing that's bothering me is not under my control. I was like, oh, like, cause normally it's almost like, I don't know. It's I imagine it's like being blind and feeling around for something when I'm really anxious, but I can't find out why. I'm like, what? And eventually, like, I'll hit on something like, oh, yeah, I'm failing my class. Like, you know, that's okay. That should be, you know, something like that. But I was going through and I was like, I really can't. But I was like, I can feel the anxiety. And I was like, oh, there's just this general uncertainty about, you know, this is Mm -hmm. the podcast. This is the newest iteration of whatever I'm doing. I've had multiple companies since I decided to not go to medical school until now. It's a seven year block.
2: Yeah.
1: None of them have worked. And I'm like, this is like the newest. And I'm like, and this one feels good. I feel, I'm putting work into it. I I think it has the, I think it's like an embryo. I think it can grow. But there's a point to all this. I was like, oh, well, that's, well, that's a given. Yeah. If you're going to go out and create your own thing, that's, you know, that kind of comes with the territory. You get to reap the rewards. And the, But there's also just, yeah. you know, the general terrifying. Is this going to work? Is this not going to work? But that got me thinking. And it's funny that you say that. I was just like you know what? I was like, I I could never for the life of me ever understand my friends that just had jobs that they weren't necessarily passionate about. And you froze up again. You there? Mr. Brad. Mr. Brad. Brad, are you alive?
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Maybe that'll help.
1: says, iPhone is trying to connect to your audio. iPhone is connecting. There
0: we go. There we go. Okay, cool. Ready? Sorry about that. Yeah, no, you're good. I don't know what happened there.
1: You're good. All
0: right. Um, so you were saying that it was just a uncertainty? Oh, yeah, ju- yeah, yeah. Uncertainty?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, I'd, I could never, you know, I have a lot of friends in Atlanta that just have jobs that, you know, they don't hate. But that for me, you know, it's not, and I can never understand that over all these years, because I guess I just hated the idea of medicine so much that, you know, typical of my narrow-minded viewpoint, as soon as I decided I didn't want to do it, I then decided, how can anyone want to do this stuff? But it dawned on me, I was like, just so today, just going, I was like, oh, despite everything I'm doing, there is a general anxiety because it's not going to work. And that's something that I can't, you know, I can't fix. I just have to hope it works. And I was like, Oh, having a nine to five and a job that maybe you don't necessarily love, but the payoff is that's negated. You have income, yeah. you provide, they all have wives, they all have kids. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go? And, um, uh, Fucking computers going nuts. Um, but <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's, and if I think it finally dawned on me today, I was like, Oh, there's just a general I get it now. Like, it's their providers to their young families. And Mm -hmm. there's probably a lot of fulfillment in that. And I was like, Oh, so I feel like I, I matured a little bit today. I was like, Oh, I get now (laughs) I get why my friends that are accountants and lawyers. I'm like, Oh, they, that's where they, I'm someone that does not want kids. I'm in no rush to get married. I'm like, Oh, we have different values. So I feel like an idiot, but I'm 29 years old. And I was like,
0: oh, I get it now.
1: So hopefully I leveled up. Yeah,
0: plenty of time to decide. (laughs) uh, I'll I'll tell you right now, um, there is nothing more satisfying and more rewarding knowing that I went to work, breaking my back, busting my ass, and coming home to my four-month-old year son and my beautiful wife. Yeah. There's nothing more pure and more awesome. I will break my back twice over if I need to, to make sure that I'm providing. Yeah. Um, now, so I'm actually kind of curious because you said that there was a general anxiety. Um, is it a anxiety that it's not going to work or is it an anxiety that you will have to search for different options again?
1: Um, it's not that it will not, I don't think it's for either of those. Um, okay. F- one thing I've, I guess a skill I've developed over the mm-hmm. years of the different companies I've made is I've, I've started to, I don't, I don't give any one thing I always used to think was like, what if it doesn't work? What if this one doesn't work? What are you going to do? And uh, yeah, I've, I have honestly, that's something I've done in the last couple months is I just, I just don't, when that thought arises, I just don't entertain it. Cause to me, it's like, you know, it's, I'm so far in, in that, you know, I mm-hmm. live at home. I'm trying to figure all this shit out that I don't entertain those. Cause I'm like, to me, it just seems like a, a literal waste of like time and energy to even think about what if it doesn't, I mean, that doesn't mean don't have contingency plans, but the whole, what if yeah, it doesn't work? Time. Yeah. I just, I don't even feed that fire. Cause I'm just like, I'm the way i look at it is like i'm walking between like two skyscrapers on like a rope
0: and i'm yeah. just like
1: if i'm gonna walk i'm gonna walk and i'm gonna stare at mm-hmm. where i'm going and i'm i'm not gonna go what if i fall because i don't need to think about what if i'm gonna fall i already just inherently know if i fall yeah if i fall i fall so yeah to it's answer your question,
0: a, a mindset thing too, yeah right? I, I mean um if you're gonna <clears> fall you're gonna fall Probably shouldn't worry about falling because your fate has already been sealed
1: and I already conjured up the courage to start walking I did that seven years ago and I I knew there was so it's not even like how did I end up here? It's Mm -hmm. because to me it's like I'm getting to the other building or I'm dying in the process I already I lived my entire first two decades of my life on that building and I finally decided after several years of Contemplation I'm walking across and it might not work but yeah, I would rather die in the process than get there. So to answer your question. um, Yeah, I think it's for me, I don't and now I don't look at things. Is it not going to work? I just look at it as like it hasn't worked yet. And because if mm-hmm. it doesn't work, just like my apparel companies or my writing companies or my whatever. It's sure I start a new company, but To me, it's still the same. It's still me. It's still one long journey. So I look at it as like, those are just iterations of, I don't know if that makes sense. So it's, I don't look at it as, is it going to work? I look at it as when it's going to work. And that, that is like the general anxiety, like in college being pre-med, it was, it was like, I know I have to take these courses over these years and take this test. And it's just one test at a time. I ace it. And it's, so that was just like worried about the next test, but work hard, get it done. And I just, I was like, I know I can do that if I commit. This is different. Cause it's not like I got two more years left. I got 10 more courses. It's like, yeah, this might work in a year. This might uh-huh. work in 10 and that's the anxiety, but yeah, I, I'm like, oh, I get, I was that's one thing I was thinking of. I was like, I bet there's a general yeah, fulfillment in in providing there for someone you is. love. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's yeah.
1: Yeah. So you know, but on the other side it I know that all these I guess trials and tribulations and mental anxieties, it all comes with the territory. It's like Duncan Trussell said, he's like no one would climb to the top of Mount Everest and put a flag up there if it was just a little grass covered hill in a park, he's like, it's because it's this mountain of death. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, yeah, man, it's, you know, creating a podcast and being my own boss and having my own income source that's dictated by something that's dictated only by me in the actual thing I'm doing. I also love doing yeah. it. I'm like, that's the, that's the whole in one. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's gonna, if it was easy, everyone would do it and yeah so, absolutely yeah. but yeah man it's um
0: i think i also uh, going back on to why i applied to the paper yeah book,
2: yeah 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 i
0: um i've always been i shouldn't say like I'm okay with going to college. Hmm. I I don't like the debt that comes with it. I've always wanted to find a company that is willing to invest their capital um, in me to train me to do what they want done. And that was the, it's not necessarily my end goal at this company, but that is what I want to make my career from. So for example, uh So um, there are many departments, mm-hmm. but um, there's just the normal production workers, there's the maintenance, and there are the trades. There's a bunch of different trades. You have your millwrights, pretty much just industrial mechanics, you have your machinists, you have your electricians, and then you have your pipe fitters there might be one or two I'm missing, but those are the two that, well, that's not two. um, Those are the ones that I uh, remember. Hmm. So the step into the trades is to get into the maintenance department first of all. Um, And then from there it's a one to two year wait before you are thrown into your apprenticeship. Um, And then from there you're sent off to college to get your um, your journeyman's card, and then you have to fill a, a bunch of hours. Um, and then once your trainer signs off on it, I mean, you're you're making a shit ton of money. I, I mean, my uh, father-in-law, he he's a millwright, mm. and I, I was just curious. Um, uh, I asked him if I could look at his paycheck. He pays fifteen hundred dollars per week in federal taxes.
1: Oh shit!
0: Yeah, no, no. He he's a little above six figures. I I, I mean it's it, it is absolutely crazy. <laughs> however, however, the job that he does now, I was recently um, promoted into this maintenance department. I've seen what these millwrights do. It is absolutely fucking crazy with the stuff that they do. Um, They are the ones that pretty much slither into the mill like a snake. And keep in mind, each part of the mill weighs 10,000, 20,000 pounds. I mean, if one bolt slips or if something is turned on, they're dead. I, I mean but you make some great money. <laughs> I mean great money. Um I could never work under my father in law. Yeah. He's just a very um he's a very intense person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's I know. a very intense person. Yeah. And that's coming from me. I, I've been told I'm an intense person. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, I know the kind. I know the yeah. kind. <laughs> Yeah, very intense, super serious, but yeah. Um, I I mean, but that's my goal. Um, if I can get well, not if when I get into the trades, uh, I'll be making that much more, and I will be providing for my family. And I've already had discussions with my wife. Um, she may just decide to become a homemaker or she might have a part-time job just for extra cash. Mm. I, I mean, I would like her to become a homemaker. However, um, that's completely on her mm. uh, on what she wants to do. Mm. Um, how, however we could,
2: mm. fuck yeah.
0: E- e- even now we could, but I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, she certainly cut back on her hours just to this whole pandemic shit. Um, <laughs> So, oh, boy.
1: Wait, so do you guys produce any uh, toilet paper?
0: Um, funny enough, we provide something more important. Um, we provide the
2: boxes that toilet paper ships in. Oh. So
0: without us, toilet, toilet paper cannot be shipped. Um, at, that goes for uh, um, the respirator packages Mm. that they come in like the actual box that they ship in yeah we we make those we also because i live in minnesota Mm -hmm. we have a huge 3m plant here yeah we also give them boxes to ship the n95 masks out
2: okay okay
0: yeah no i i mean we're a huge um essential place um luckily uh the the people that work at my plant that have had um, symptoms, uh, they've recognized them and they've self quarantined themselves. Huh. Um, as of right now, we're always running pretty thin on people on the pro- uh, on the production staff, just because it is some hot, terrible work. Um, shout out to those guys man i shout out. It, it sucks um but um we certainly have a lot of people but we also have a lot of smart people too that aren't selfish enough to come to work um and infect other people fuck yeah fuck. Uh, and Thank God for our union for that, too, because they fought for um, a hazard pay bonus, just a flat rate. And and then they also uh, fought for um, uh, a paid 14 self-quarantine leave, I I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been certainly a uh, tough time. And we certainly have been feeling the pressure too because um, it's getting very, very, very close to just mandatory overtime across the board. Mm. Um, The production staff, now keep in mind, that is a three-shift rotation. Um, Their weekends are 12 hours and their weekdays are um, um, just eight-hour shifts. Um, there's been talk if um, many people call out sick or have to self-quarantine, that um, they'll go down to a, uh, hell, I I actually think it's like a two-shift rotation where um, everyone's working 12 hours a day and um, just alternate between days and nights. Mm. Um, They're thinking if that happens you might get one day off a month. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But I mean also keep in mind, can you imagine the overtime and the pay with that? I mean now keep in mind I I believe there are two types of people. There are two types of people that love their job and they love what they do. And then there are those the people that honestly just don't give a fuck as long as they're making a bunch of fucking money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, making the paper. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that just do just about a, anything at work as long as I'm on the clock. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Seriously. Especially since anything after eight hours is overtime. Fuck yeah. Even if it's even if it's thirty seconds. Yeah. And when I go on to overtime, oh boy, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah,
1: it's also like, it's almost like, it's like, what the fuck else are you doing during the pandemic? Right. It's like, you know, it's not like, well, I don't want to work on weekends because, you know, I might miss out on sitting in the living room. You know, it's not right. like, yeah, it's not like normal life you know, is resumed. I,
0: had my wife not, um, cut, her hours back to weekends um, I, I think we will, would have just done the same thing but because she could I, I told her yeah go right ahead I mean it, it, it's certainly nice to have her around doing more of the childcare I mm-hmm. mean I mean it, I mean, it kind of sucks but um, the decision came down to well who gets paid more per hour? Mm. I mean, is that fair to her? I mean, for our situation, we mutually agreed that it was. Mm. Um, I do want her to have a career. I mm. mean, I mean, it's completely up to her. Mm. But um, yeah, um, I, I I absolutely love overtime. Um, hell, I'm back when I was doing the armored car security, and I still have pictures. Um, I, the time clock showed 220 hours, and that was bi-weekly. Jesus. So that meant Jesus. I put in 110 hours in one week. Well, one week times two. Um, I'm just I'm just one of those people. Unfortunately, I can't do that anymore. I really wish I could because mm. of my pay rate, mm. but unfortunately, I can't. Yeah, But no, I, I completely agree. I am also one of those stir-crazy people. I have to be doing something at all times yeah. unless I'm sleeping. I, I have to. Yeah. I, if it's like just 30 minutes ago or an hour ago before this podcast, I was swapping batteries in my vehicle. I mean, yeah. or working. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I. it's really hard for me to just stop. Hmm. doing things i I mean i agree with that
1: entirely man like when i was pre-med it was that's all i did was just that filled all my time seven days a week for four years was just studying and and when i decided not to go because i didn't like it Mm -hmm. i i won for several years where i was thinking i didn't totally separate I kind of took it all as one lump. I was like, oh, I didn't like what I was doing. Therefore, I have to do the antithesis of all of that. In hindsight, I can see, oh, I just didn't like medicine. I did like being occupied because for like two years, it became my sole endeavor to like never be occupied. I was like, I need to find like, I was like, maybe that's where peace is, is because I hated my college experience so much that instead of realizing like, maybe you just needed to do something else, I was like, oh yeah. like i have to flip it all so not only am i not going to do medicine i'm just not going to do period mm-hmm. and mind you yeah. mind you this was it also started right after my older brother's suicide so it was just this general like yeah. ah i'm going to find peace dude mm-hmm. those 2 years i would say were the most tormented of my life because it was just i was not doing anything so it eventually came it eventually led to like How do I fill this time with as much pleasure as possible? Video games, weed, drinking, drugs, food. And that just became. And finally, it took me a long time to realize again. I was like, oh, I love being occupied. (laughs) Like, I fucking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, dude, when I play video games, I mute it and I listen to audiobooks. Like, right now, I'm listening to a history of like the occult in like Nazi Germany, like, just anything. Cause I've played the game so okay. many times that I'm just like, and I just, before that I just, I got finished with like a history of, it was called nuking the moon. It was projects that were, that never left the drawing board during the cold war. And it's, yeah, but I just, I, I gotta be listening to an audio book. I gotta be doing something <laughs> is that I can hear. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah. It's the What's going on? Yeah, Capone? He's being a little needy. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, no dude, I'm with you. Like I gotta, and that's one thing I realized going into quarantine. I was like, man i was like my sanity is gonna rest on whether or not i can keep myself Mm -hmm. occupied and yeah dude it's it's yeah so um to kind of do a 180 what all like what all do you do at the paper mill like what all or okay what all what all happens at the paper mill like you said it was built in 1886 (laughs) but i mean i'm just thinking like is that just the general structure Um, or is it just like like what all can possibly still be going from eighteen
0: eighty six? Um yeah. So uh, do you mind if I just give you a general overview of all the mills? Oh, I don't give okay. a shit. And, yeah. and then I'll tell you what I've done. Um, yeah. All right. So torque one and two mill. Right. Torque.
1: <laughs> torque. Torque. Summer twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> torque. I gotta hit up. I
1: gotta hit up Michael Bay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Maybe we could do like a paper mill spinoff. We can call it wrench.
1: Right. That will be wrench. Yeah. That will be the straight to DVD series. Fall
0: 2021.
1: Fall 2021 wrench from the guys who brought you torque. It's. (laughs) Oh yeah. We'll have a bunch of B list actors. Yeah. We'll save that. A list. Yeah. A list. Yeah. That'll be Terry Crews and like Michael Bay. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe Mark Wahlberg, Tom Hanks. And then. Yeah. Wrench will be. Wrench is where a lot of guys would get their break. You'll look back in 20 years and be like, oh shit, that's DiCaprio. You know, I'll be like, that's so and so. Oh, did you know he got started on Wrench? Like.
0: <laughs> um. So before I give you a general <laughs> overview of the mills, oh, I, yeah. I have to say this. Yeah. If you compare DiCaprio Titanic to DiCaprio uh, Wolf on Wall Street, completely different people.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, like, completely 30 like
0: 30 years age, um, totally. Just acting style, just in general. I mean, just
1: yeah, he was 16. In well, anyways,
0: theater. yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. So glad you got that mil... off your chest. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> I just had to say it, I had to say it. It was,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so one and two mil, they're perm. oh, they're mostly permanently contracted with General Mills. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly do not see them ever um switching to a different contract Mm. that's how good i think we have it over in one and two Mm. so 24 hours a day except for um christmas they're making cereal boxes Mm. that is the big money maker just because of just the production costs yeah um so the that's what one and two does um four and five mil um they are the corrugated medium mills and what that means is if you've ever taken a look at a piece of cardboard you have your two walls mm-hmm. and then you have the wavy part in the mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. we make the wavy part um I, I and it, it's just that and then we send that off to international paper um International Paper makes toilet paper, by the way, uh, and who else do we send it off to? Um, international Paper is one of the biggest that I know of for sure. Mm. Um, so one and two mil, they can't go as fast as four and five.
2: Okay,
0: four and five um, feed. Um well uh, when i was back operating forklifts i was putting right around 120 tons of cardboard onto our conveyor belt an hour and the mills were spitting out that much um every hour um due to this whole coronavirus stuff um we are well they were um backlogged uh, about a month month and a half with orders Hmm. so the toilet paper mills or the um the 3m mills or the 3m factories that make masks were waiting on our boxes Hmm. so that has actually cleared up because when i contacted you uh, about the paper mill stuff Hmm. and i that was about a month month and a half ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's when everything went to hell. Uh, yeah, and it's seriously, but now I, th- I think they're starting to catch up. Um, they last I saw, um, were only about two weeks behind, and, and that's actually really damn good. Mm-hmm. But also keep in mind, um, the uh, four and five mil, um, they're actual speed is about uh no so um instead of giving you miles per hour I'll, i'll just tell you it's about 1600 feet a minute okay that's how much they're producing of just wavy part of the cardboard um and that's flying um Four and five mil were actually manufactured in nineteen twenty by the Japanese. And it was sent over to the United States and it was put in. But there are some then, seriously dangerous then, machines, I was man. Say,
1: and then we nuked them as a as a thanks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Yeah, sorry. Very dangerous machines. Yeah, so what yeah, what, what is it? It's just <clears throat> okay well yeah um, what are them like because i'm just thinking of like how yeah. something because i know with like certain steel mills or maybe or like iron workers yeah. i know there are like presses mm-hmm. and shit that have been going yeah. since like world war ii so it has to be like a yeah. rudimentary you know like you can't you know you wouldn't have the same apple factory you know as things speed Correct. up and evolve but i think for like what you're
0: saying is yeah
2: like the technology let not me changing.
0: tell you let me tell you the general Uh, concept on how um, the cardboard is made because Mm -hmm. it it actually pretty much goes the same way for all four mils. So first you start with the delivery of the cardboard. Um, Four and five mil take different kind of cardboard than one and two mil. Um, One and two mil take newspapers, office sort of supplies, they take cereal boxes and stuff that's already been printed on because that's good recycling practices. Um, Four and five mil, if it's any sort of corrugated box, they throw it into a bale and deliver it to us. Mm -hmm. So um, four and five mil, how it works is you have two conveyor belts. These two conveyor belts are uh, fed by forklifts Mm -hmm. and the conveyor belts put cardboard into a 40-foot-wide by 20-foot-deep blender. And there's a – I honestly think it's like a two-ton blade at the bottom that spins at 900 um, RPM. Jesus. No, I'm completely serious. I believe you. And and that is like danger um, part one because – it's completely possible to fall into one.
1: Absolutely.
0: It, it's completely possible. Um, there was a report about a year ago of, of someone surviving in one of those because they held on to a rope that was dangling from the outside.
2: Fuck that. <laughs> Scary noise. shit. Fuck
0: so that. Noise. So that blender is called the Hydropulper. It's hydra water pulper um it 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 turns um cardboard into pulp which is just known as stock the stock is sent from the hydra pulper into a bunch of different pipes to be filtered to be um to be cleaned and then once it's all done with being cleaned it's sent to the actual mill itself Mm. Sometimes the fiber is too long and it has to be ground down to shorter fibers. Sometimes it's just perfect and it it can go straight out of the mill. Think of a inkjet printer. If you take the cartridge and you flip it upside down, you have that little little square that the ink comes out of.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now think of about 40 of those lining up like eight to nine feet. And instead of ink shooting out of it, um, pulp comes out, stock comes out. Mm -hmm. And it it is shot onto a very fast moving conveyor belt that has holes uh, underneath the bed. Now, the conveyor belt I'm talking about is called the table. The table moves at anywhere from 20 to 30 miles per hour. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, but there are these blades up underneath the conveyor belt that take water out. Uh, If you look to the left of the table, the stock starts off at 90% water. When it gets to the end of the table, now keep in mind, this is going at 30 miles per hour. Um, When it gets down to the end of the table, the water is down to right around, I think it's like fifteen to twenty percent.. Yeah, no, I, yeah. It, it's crazy. And when it gets to the end of the table, it, it, it's it, it can be gripped onto. And what happens is, is there's this eight inch gap to where there's absolutely absolutely nothing the table actually shoots the paper off Mm -hmm. into two ropes on the right side that grab it. And then the ropes feed it through, I think it's 60 dryer rollers. Uh, I think that's what number four and number five have. Now, there are two sets of dryers. There's a bottom row and there's a top row. And they kind of alternate. Mm -hmm. And it's just fed up and down and the cool thing is the only thing that's keeping the paper up against those dryer racks are rollers are those two ropes it it, it extends an entire football field in in length yeah no each dryer roller uh is about three and a half to four foot in diameter and there's a huge um gear at the end and it, it's driven by steam
2: mm.
0: now once the paper's dry, it goes from 20 percent down to hell i think it's sub 10 yeah and, and that's when it's actually um wound up on this um spool that's right at the end of the the mill and it spins the opposite way of as it's coming up and right at the end of the mill there's another spool so that when you take that spool off the other spool drops into place and it continues to accumulate on that other spool Mm um from there it goes to a uh The machine's called a rewinder. And what it is, is it's a machine that has different blades in it that can be moved to what the customer wants. So if our mill mills a sheet of paper that's nine foot across, but the customer only wants four foot across, we can make them, you know, a couple ton roll from that nine foot across sheet of paper, and mm. then the other, what's left, we can fulfill another customer's order too. Mm. So it, it, it's really cool because that machine gives off so much vibration that you you can actually feel it halfway down the mill. I believe Uh-oh. it. Yep. So, um, here's another thing that people don't really understand. Um, four and five mil and one and two mil are side by side. Um, when the mill breaks, it's not mechanically, it's not, it's not like something sheared off and the mill is completely down. When we say the mill broke, we actually meant that there was too much tension somewhere in the mill and the paper broke okay and sometimes i actually wish the mill would break because uh paper accumulating in the mill at 30 miles per hour can really really fuck shit up yeah um
1: that's a fucking headache and a half
0: oh my god so um you're pulling paper out of the mill itself and you need to do it as fast as you can Mm. because Per minute, that mill is down. They are losing thousands of dollars yeah. in operational costs.
1: Absolutely, well, it's, it's a lot. So like, it's a lot like DNA transcription and translation. It's yeah. It's 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 inefficient when things sensitive. get made. Yeah. It's like we don't we don't got all. Yeah. Sorry, keep going.
0: Yep. So um, people don't understand that in between those two mills, it's ninety-eight percent humidity at one hundred and forty degrees. and you are in between those mills until that fucking mill starts back rolling that's what makes the job hard yeah it's not necessarily crazy heavy lifting because that's my department Mm. production they're the ones that go into um the alley um, in in between the uh, mills and sweats their ass off trying to get the mills back rolling. And those guys are the unsung heroes because there are plenty of crews that can restart a mill in 20, 25 minutes. And and, and that's crazy. Mm. I mean, that's flying. I mean, big props to them. Yeah. Um,
1: Do they have any like suits? almost like hazmat suits but for like steam Um, just to avoid the burns
0: so they have 40 foot long poles with a like a fire pick at the end no um not a fire pick it's um it's like a spear pole and then there's a little curve on the other side so um they use that um to uh take the paper out um, they, sh- they don't necessarily put their arms in between the rollers because that's our job. Um, we're the ones with the tradesmen that actually fixed the mill. Hmm. Um, but to go back to the, a part of your question, I personally have, uh, operated the forklift to put the cardboard onto the conveyor belt. I have personally been in the mill, getting them back up and running and just doing general maintenance in the mill as a production worker. And now being in the maintenance department, I am assisting the tradesmen fixing the mill and machining new parts for the mill and transporting all, all the raw supplies that they need Hmm. um because the maintenance department is considered a temporary job they don't expect you to make a career out of it um they don't even hire people to make a career out of maintenance they hire you to go straight into the trades once a spot has opened up Hmm. which is nice because i have a lot of uh Boomers that are uh, retiring in the next few years.
1: Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Slide on in there. Um, right now, do you, um, Would a paper mill, I mean, obviously it'd be all sorts of qualifications Least of which or not least of which would be security. Um Would a paper mill ever be able to do something just tying it into your old job in making money or is that completely
0: specialized? So, um if you are asking if we contract a security company, the answer is yes, but they're not armed. Um, oh, no matter I was, of fact, I
1: was—I was, well, was going to say no. No, could oh, could the could the mill print money?
0: No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Um, th- th- so they're not that kind of mill. Yeah, um, yeah. could they? I—I like, like, I, I mean, it, I guess it will if we had enough capital, um, everything could be converted mm. into making um, the the paper itself but not printing.
1: okay yeah that's what I meant yeah, yeah. you know like legal yeah. and like security oversights aside like would the yeah. mill like physically be capable of of producing that
0: See the stock that is used on both sides of the mill is completely different from the type of stock used to make the currency paper. Mm. Um, it's it's recycled cardboard and versus, say like the money paper itself being mostly cotton, um, I honestly think that, yeah, it would be a multi-million-dollar project, but I, it, I guess it could be done. Mm. Now it would take a lot of engineering. Yeah. So might be, it might be. Um, it might be uh, I think it might be uh, not really worth it. I mean, with all the money you would have to sink into it at first. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Would, would you guys be able to? So I was just thinking earlier yeah. with like the future of like Amazon, they think it's going to be, I guess this is two parts. I, first part, I just thought of, mm-hmm. um, would, would the paper, how would you do this? So let's say the future of Amazon, everyone thinks it's going towards the drones, right? Just have okay. shit yeah. delivered right to your doorstep. Fucking Skynet's That'd coming. Be fucking awesome. Yeah. It would be fucking amazing. But, what I was just thinking is, is like when you're working on the scales of these big multinational corporations, I mean, it comes like the, the competition and the cutthroat nature of it comes down to like hundredths of a penny because you're just multi- everything is multiplied by, you know, even if it's like yeah. cost per French fry from McDonald's versus Burger King, it's like, all right, now multiply it by 150 billion. And then there's your, there's the value. So it's, yeah. um, so I was just thinking like, as that becomes a thing, drone delivery systems well when you have so many drones carrying things using batteries to charge that electricity draw it's gonna come down to you're gonna want to carry the lightest possible thing would there be a specific way to produce like because if you're a drone you're a little drone carrying shit. yeah you know multiply by a billion orders Mm -hmm. is a is a traditional cardboard box necessarily the thing you want to be carrying or if you gave it a feather light box would it be able to do 11 trips without recharging as opposed to 10 multiplied over the years and that's where a savings would come in is there like a way do you know what i'm saying is there like
0: yeah no could you see that absolutely um so what you're suggesting is 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 there a way to make the traditional cardboard box better Hmm. if drones become the main way of transporting parcels
2: yeah
0: um and i think the answer is yes um there have been boxes that i've put onto the conveyor belt that have been ultra light very strong and there have been boxes that I have seen that are water resistant, hmm. and all, all they've done to it is put a very fine coat of whatever chemical on it, and it kind—it's kind of shiny, and, and it—not it, um, waxy, shiny. Um, okay. Wax adds weight, believe it uh, or not. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, so it, it becomes shiny. And when you drop water onto the shiny surface, it beads right up and falls off. Okay. Yeah, so,
2: hydrophobic surface.
0: I could see that they could use a thinner box that is also water resistant. However, I could also see them just using a traditional box and only launching drones on good weather days. Mm. I mean, well uh, i I don't think amazon's going to deliver a package when it's uh um storming out by drone well there's the beautiful
1: free market someone will yeah amazon won't deliver your
0: shit when it's raining out
1: come over to bob's whatever you know we'll deliver any well i mean really that's that's what the free market will do that's what capitalism will do someone will jump in and be like we deliver during anything it's yeah yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like how would mm-hmm. they do it? Would it just
2: be
0: But I mean, drone technology too. I I, I mean, it it depends on the size of the package, but if you compare 2008 drone technology to what we have in 2020, completely different. Oh, yeah, There are YouTube videos of people sitting on like four drones that they've uh, yeah. put together and, and flying themselves around. I mean, yeah. stupid, kind of crazy, but kind really cool. Kind of fucking I, awesome. I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, drone technologies certainly come a long ways hmm. from the early two thousands when you had your little remote control helicopter that you would buy from Walmart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you're, <laughs> if you're on Reddit, you ever, have you ever gone to a uh, FPV racing, I don't know why the fuck I'm sub there, but Jesus, they have some awesome gifts. I don't, there are so many subreddits I have no idea how I I'd probably hired drunk one night, 10 years ago. And now I'm sub to it, but yeah, that's one of them FPV racing. And it's just people posting videos every day. Of, I think it's first person view and they the go pros on their drones. Dude, the shit is fucking crazy, but yeah, I was just thinking. Have dude, you seen
0: drone racing?
2: No, I bet no? that's cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's really cool. What they'll do is they'll have like a a bunch of loops and you know in their um, racetrack or whatever, and they'll put fucking cameras on their drones, and they'll sit and and look at their screens and and, and fly their drones through through the course and everything, and they'll race coolest fucking shit i've ever seen Fuck yeah there is
1: i mean i mean dude one of the guys i've had on a couple times he flew mm-hmm. drones for the air force and now i think he and now i'm pretty sure he does for the central intelligence agency yeah man it's uh <laughs> redacted a, yeah it's a redacted blanked out drawn blacked out yeah but it's yeah dude it's well i was just thinking like the entire delivery system would be mm-hmm obviously it'd be like normal shipping where it'd be like, you're going to, you're not going to send a truck to every individual, you know, house you're going to go, you get that whole neighborhood to just drive through and, you know, obviously be most economical. But I was just thinking like, where's the majority of the power coming in? The majority of the power would be, well, it's, I mean, think it's, it's, you multiply the height by the force of gravity and that's how much power Mm -hmm. you'd be changing. So you don't, you wouldn't want a drone. Just, I was just thinking just, you wouldn't want to, you know, fly down to the front porch, drop off package A, go up to the next one and go package. Cause you just think <laughs> that multiplied, having to go up and down, up and down, it's going to have to be recharged quicker. The charging takes power from the grid that costs money. It's all about getting cheaper. Well, I was thinking yeah. like, I wonder if they would just have like, I wonder if like each one would almost just like, it would stay at a steady cause it'd be a lot cheaper if you just stayed at like 25 feet height. And he went over the mm-hmm. houses and just came, he almost had like, I don't know, like a little, I don't know, like lower it down and drop it. Because it'd be a lot cheaper to pull the rope back yeah. up versus pulling the whole craft back up. But then I was thinking like, like, would you have like a mothership? That would almost be like a FedEx truck. You pull up to the front of the neighborhood,
0: the top comes up.
1: Yeah, yeah. But seriously, floating. <laughs> you control, see a little. Comes and docks everywhere. Comes back in, gets on the truck, and maybe it's got thirty seconds to the next neighborhood. But you get that thirty second charge. You know, they come <laughs> in. I just, uh, there'd be a whole. I imagine it would just all fucking be automated. I don't know. Would you use a blimp? That'd be probably the cheapest way. Have them all keep a docking blimp. with the there, mother blimp. There we go. <laughs> imagine a fucking amazon blimp
0: like Man, a, a um,
1: hindenburg sized zeppelin
0: <laughs> the regulatory shit the ffa has to go through all that shit's going to be a nightmare yeah. I, i'm very curious how that's going to all transpire
1: yeah bezos will i think he'll grease the wheels with uh with his 150 billion dollars i imagine he'll uh, imagine he'll get it done yeah dude, yeah. that would be i mean but you got to think like i mean you almost want to get it to a point where like nothing would inhibit it, like coronavirus. Like who cares? So you just still have this thing that's yeah. like nothing's touched by humans. If it was just drones dropping, but yeah, man, talk about mass terrorist attack. I mean, shit, dude. If you could get a control of the shipping and receiving department of just one place, and you put a fucking C four incendiary, just a little, little, you know, yeah. little tube in each it, one, you could burn down neighborhoods. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude. Yeah, it's uh, it's seven so You you okay with doing like 10, 15 more minutes? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, you good with that.
0: Yeah. I know it's Friday. Yep. I know so, working all week. Um. Back to the paper mill. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> no no no. So um, there's uh. They're design different. Um, it, it, it's really weird. Um, because four and five mil were made well, manufactured like 50, 40-some years after um, 1 and 2 mil, it, it just makes um, it makes more sense on the 4 and 5 mil side. Um, so 4 and 5 mil, they have two stacks of rollers, um, the bottom and, and the top. Hmm. Um, 1 and 2 are shorter mills. They still are the same technical length, but they are stacked five rollers high. And when paper breaks on those sides, oh, on on that side, um, it's much more dangerous clearing out the dryer rollers because there's this elevator that um, is operated by two people. One sits close to the mill the roller stops spinning and um, the person behind him is the operator. He controls the up, down, left, right, or traveling down the line. And again, they have the 40 foot pole, you know, jamming paper out of the, the mill.
2: Hmm.
0: But long story short, that elevator has broken five or six legs in this past year. And it's not even July or January. Um, on that side of the mill, um, two people have lost fingers. Um, like I said, plenty of people have broken legs. That side of the um, mill is, it's just fucking dangerous. OSHAs are our best friend. I mean, What's... we see them every week because they do their audits. And we comply with them 100%. And when OSHA says, you know, hey, you need to make this change, we do it. I mean, it's just people still get hurt and the union has called meetings together, just asking the million dollar question, why are people getting hurt? Mm. And it's not necessarily the machines we're thinking. I mean, the machines are inherently a dangerous environment. Mm. I mean, but there are other variables like the production staff, The turnaround is so crazy just because of how hot the environment is, the requirements and just the breakneck pace you have to work at to keep the machines running Mm. that they can't train people properly because believe it or not, these paper mills cannot be electronically automated. They have to be manned by people. And each mill takes 20, 30 people to keep running. And when the paper breaks, it takes all 30 people to clear it out Mm. in a decent time. Mm. So it, it, it is a very dangerous environment. You can actually see all of the protective guards around the mill that have been added on Mm. i couldn't imagine working at this place back in like 1910 well that's
1: that's what i wrote down i was gonna ask what do you think is like the net death count just because yeah man i mean any safety prior to like i'm sure that thing was probably utilized for wartime manufacturing in world war ii but yes they made bombs absolutely yeah absolutely
0: um that's awesome Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, for like half of its shop. life, it's got to be
0: dangerous. Yeah, um, actually, the machine shop where the machinists make parts for the mill, um, we're still using um, drill presses and lathes from World War I. <laughs> it's really cool. Jesus. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's really cool. And um, during World War II, um, the, um, the machinery that... West Rock actually received um, in World War II has little plaques on the side saying, "During wartime, the government can come and occupy and the, this, commandeer. Yeah, yeah. All right, hold on. It, I, it's really cool.
1: I'm gonna go piss. Can you? Uh,
0: yeah, actually, I'm gonna you... take a break too. All right, man. It was a tough day in the middle <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, cool. I, I think I got another ten, fifteen minutes out of me. Okay.
1: All right. Hold on. I'll start, yeah, absolutely, start, man. Start recording in three, two. Cool. Yeah. What What are you still using from World War One?
0: Um, we're using lathes and drill presses. That's um, cool.
1: I, I'm I'm a pampered city boy. What What is a lathe?
0: A lathe is a machine that you put a piece of raw steel into and it spins at maybe a couple thousand rounds per minute. And you take tools and you press these uh, tools into the, um, the spinning material to manufacture rolls or um, pretty much to manufacture anything that's round
2: okay
1: actually um, yeah, i know i think i know what you're talking
0: about yeah and the drill presses it's just a simple bit that goes down and you make holes yeah. and stuff yeah. i mean believe it or not we have some updated machinery but everyone goes back and use and they use stuff from the 1910s just because it's just better um really there's a yeah, um, everyone prefers the analog stuff over the stuff with all the technology in it. Just because it seems that you can produce stuff faster.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably simplicity. Yeah, and just it's just got like that. Yeah, it's durable fucking it, feeling. It, it, like
0: you press the on button and it goes, rather than you press. The on button, and you have like six separate safety features you have to disable before it actually turns. Yeah, no, you got
1: that good old fashioned days of child labor, like, right, fire it off, you know, smoking a cigar, beating your wife, your model, model T (laughs) outside. Yeah, yeah, get in there. You're seven years old. Doesn't matter if you can't read, you know, don't get your whole cut stuck.
0: I seriously could not imagine working at this place in say like 1910 any, it, it, in, it's just a dangerous I was environment I, in,
1: in, what's the name of the company again
0: west rock i was gonna say, um, in, in, in west rock's was, defense
1: any manufacturing in 1910 not it's not a fight yeah, against um, west rock
0: west rock bought the mill out from a company called rock 10 Mm-hmm. And there was probably a few buyouts, but it was originally named Waldorf, I, I think it was. Um, yeah, Waldorf, I, I believe that. I believe that's what what I saw. But, um, man, it, it it's a really interesting job. And I actually kind of compare it to like the oil fields, just mm. because you, you can make a lot of money. Matter of fact, I was talking to a forklift operator in our shipping department, just sitting on his butt. Um, well, not sitting on his butt. He was operating a forklift and putting finished product into trailers. Um, last year, he broke six figures. I mean, you can make a shit ton of money. Uh, and if you look in our parking lot, people are buying high-end sports vehicles. Uh, I mean, there was just this guy um, on the one and two mill side that um, bought a F-150 from Roush. I mean, it was a, a performance truck. It's really cool. Fucking $90,000 truck. Fuck. I, I wish I could have $90,000, but, yeah. um, but that's the trades for you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I've always been an advocate of, you know, blue collar and white collar. I, I mean, however, i if you can do a trade school for a year and a half, two years and damn near make six figures, as long as you're willing to put in the hours, I mean, go right ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. It's nothing get, uh, against people that go to college i mean because you can certainly make a crap ton of mo- money if you have the right major
1: yeah yeah no i would say mm-hmm. in hindsight i mean obviously i needed it to go to medical school yeah you, you, you mm-hmm. couldn't you couldn't just you couldn't just elbow grease it you know it's like you, right. if you didn't know the immaterial you didn't know the material um yeah but yeah no dude i look at a lot of my friends that went to college and it's like they don't they don't all that was was just an expense. It did yeah. nothing for them. I have one friend that did trade school instead, went to the same like private high school as I did, you know. Yeah. Was as intelligent as anyone. But he he just went and I think he just went and like learned like how to like install like cabinets and doors. Yeah. It took like eighteen months. Mm-hmm. He is aside from like the couple friends I have that are now like practicing doctors, aside from them, <laughs> he is definitely balling the most like yeah and he's just he's not yeah he's not you know it's it's anyone that knocks on blue collar is a fucking moron it's like dog, seriously dog there is dough to be made
0: yeah i, I mean look and at those, guaranteed um, road dough. construction workers yeah. they work three or four months maybe five months out of the year and then they just sit at home because yeah. they can, because they were making $120 an hour on the side of the road, f- fixing roads, yeah. and they just saved all that money up, and life is good. Yeah,
1: I mean, dude, my cousin's husband is a lineman, and from New England, works on power lines, mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ. That's a crazy job. Jesus Christ, he's rolling in it. And, when, yeah. and whenever there's a huge storm... Mm-hmm. Dude, in like Florida or the Southeast, they'll contract people from all over the country during like, you yeah. know, hurricane just hit, we got to get power back up to the hospitals and shit. They'll mm-hmm. fly them in from across the country and they make something like, it's something like overtime times six.
0: So like, yeah,
1: yeah, he's getting like six yep. X
0: pay. Um, where I'm working, you hope to God that you get stuck over on thanksgiving thanksgiving specifically is four times pay because they pay you um how it work um you get double time the entire day
2: okay
0: and then if you're in overtime it is uh i think they all because it's Thanksgiving, they also do twice that pay if you go into overtime. And if someone calls out, it, it's a mandatory 16-hour
2: shift.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it, it's a mandatory 16-hour shift. And that's... I have never been stuck over on Thanksgiving. Um, but if I ever am, I will certainly um, pay my rent on my apartment Couple extra months, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh,
1: it's kind of like, um, the Simpsons, like Officer Wiggum, and he's like, uh, Officer Wiggum. Yeah, 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 and he's like, uh, it's almost like what you said. It's like, I've never worked on Thanksgiving. And you think someone would be like, Oh, thank god, you're like, No, I hope I get it. Wiggum's right. like, Wiggum's like, You know how it goes, like, week left on the job, I'm shot and killed, you know, like week left before retirement. And I'm shot and killed or paralyzed and it's like that's terrible he's like oh no god I hope it happens he's like do you know how much more pension I get he's like you know they're talking about so and so he's like yeah we cleft on the job he got shot at wasn't killed and they're like but, oh it's a tragedy go home he's like yeah
0: actually speaking of that um the paper mill is the only place I've actually ever known that still offers a pension oh yeah yes yeah. So I, I mean that on top of, you know, your social security retirement and, and any sort of Roth IRA or Roth 401k you have, I mean, you're pretty much set up. I mean, as long as you put in your hours and you retire um, when you're told you can retire, um, you're good, man. I mean, it's, it's actually a really cool place and it I, applied and accepted the job um, originally without even knowing about the the pension until it was actually mentioned in one of our union meetings. And I'm like, cool, this is awesome. I mean, there's a machinist that's going to retire in about two or three years. And he's saying, yeah, no, every year I tell them I'm going to work past my retirement date, they're adding another $250 a month uh, onto my pension.
2: That's sexy.
0: Right? Fuck yeah. I, I, I just thought that that was cool. I mean, as of right now, if he were to retire right now, just from the pension alone, he's getting 2500 bucks. I would love $2,500 just to sit on my ass with <laughs> not sit on my ass, but, uh, just to do whatever income after retirement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you certainly, you certainly put in the blood, sweat and tears. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll
1: tell you that. Yeah. That's the thing is it's, it's mm-hmm. like the blue collar. Like it's like, don't knock it. Cause it's like, that's guaranteed money. It's shit. That's never going yeah. away. Construction maintenance, yeah. but it's also like, yeah. it's not, there's a reason why it's, there, there's a reason why it's like guaranteed, and it's like because you're guaranteed to yeah. always be at fucking work. It's like, yeah, absolutely. you gotta, there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no dancing around it. You're in there, no. and you're, and you're putting in your, yeah. your testicles worth. Yeah. And a- absolutely. Um, I was gonna say we got like five more minutes, but, um, mm hmm. I forgot what I was gonna say. I had something really stupid. Oh, I was gonna say. No, I don't remember what the fuck I was gonna say. Oh yeah, <laughs> talking about drones and like firebombing neighborhoods. Yeah. Not to do a complete one eighty, <laughs> but like, uh, but the book I was listening to, "Nuking the Moon" by Dr. Vince Houghton, who is the the curator at the National Spy Museum. I'm, I'm gonna try to get him on uh-huh. the podcast. He hasn't responded to me, but it's in it. They're talking. I I've, I remember hearing about one of these years ago, but I finally like learned about it in depth. Um, everyone was like, you know, if you're like able-bodied in World War II, you were going to like fight on the, in you know, in Europe and in the Pacific, and if you were smart, they were like, we're not going to have you over there catching a bullet. Like you're smart enough to, you know, yeah, for instance, you know, produce silenced guns or you're over, you know, produce, you know, sturdier parachutes or whatever. So a lot of scientists were just, you know, they wanted to help the war effort, beat the Nazis and the Japs. And so they were just, you know, how can I help my country and this one guy was like he was driving through some canyon while he was like thinking about you know I think it was right after I think he thought he had just learned about Pearl Harbor on like the radio and he was like driving through this canyon in the southwest and he was just saw these like bats and he was like he like knew
0: oh the bat bombs man, <laughs> yeah, he was like bats he was like they
1: bats like love dark little nooks and crannies, and yeah. he was like tokyo he was like the you know it's super dense he's like but also he's like just because of the time cheap construction mm-hmm. in tokyo like specifically japan was known to be like
0: well it's like, their architecture yeah style,
1: yeah too. yeah pa- uh, yeah pa- yeah paper derivatives wood it was always you mm-hmm. know it was just and he was like yeah he's like if we were to strap a little like gelatin almost like a precursor to napalm to these bats And we if we could throw them out and they went and found little nooks and crannies in Japan, Mm -hmm. we could burn it down. But I guess there was actually like the the projects, the project kind of cut itself short because all the bats flew to like got loose. Well, they all they all flew like while being tested, but they went and they flew to like, I think, where they were keeping all the other bats or something. It was huh. some weird thing where they flew back to, like, they're like, oh, fuck. And so they started, they started burning down this whole area where they had been, like, securing all these bats. But the yep. project was so top secret that not even the base commander knew what was going on. So they couldn't have a fire department on hand because they weren't sure uh-huh. if there were any spies. And so they basically just had to watch the The thing was burning, but there was basically, like, federal agents, like, you can't go in there. Like, that fire is classified. And so the right. whole thing literally burned to the ground. But it was also because it was so classified that no one else knew. At the same time, we were developing the A bomb. And apparently, yeah. apparently, even uh, a. Bush*, Ven- *Vannevar Bush*. He was like he was a, he shut down the bat program. We we're like, why are you shutting it down? And he was like, basically, he can't say anything. Because. But he was like, he's like, we're we're working on something. <laughs> and it was you know yeah. it was you know it was producing an artificial sun, but. uh <laughs>
0: yeah Yeah. well did you hear about the uh pigeon guided bombs too uh, in world war ii
1: no but it makes sense no
0: yeah so um um very uh shortly i'll I'll describe it they trained pigeons to peck at a screen Mm -hmm. and the screen image that they would be rewarded for was the silhouette of japanese or any axis style um ships and what they would do is and they actually successfully trained them i'm sure they. Did. and th- then they had this cradle inside of the bomb with a little window and depending on where the pitch um, the pigeon pecked it, it actually turned Move. the um uh it, it turned the fins on, on the on bombs the bomb. Yeah, oh, to make the it. adjustment. I love it. Um, but that was actually canned as well because I think once the higher up started to figure out, um, like during the presentations of, "Hey guys, we're using pigeons to guide bombs," I, I, I think the Secretary of Defense or just someone that could have approved it didn't just because oh, just it like was Curtis sort LeMay of amazing was just like the fuck no, <laughs> it was yeah. Yeah, it's crazy enough to work and it did but they didn't
1: do it. Well another one. They actually worked on was um Was they figured cats hate water? Cats will always want to be facing away from water. So they actually thought about Uh tying cats to huge bombs
2: And the
1: idea was we drop these in mass over like a Japanese fleet formation Uh and the cats would be hurtle hurtle hurtling towards the ocean and they would think, oh, fuck, it's water. So they'd turn, or, or no, they think, oh, fuck, it's water. So they would, they would then see the ships and be like, I want to go towards the land or, you know, the dry area. <laughs> so the, the idea yeah. was that the cats who were strapped to these bombs would yank and try to get towards it. And that would guide the fins. But they scrapped it on day one because they dropped it and the cat passed out within the first, like, 50 feet <laughs> of the drop. And yeah, I mean, I think cat died. I think the cat fell something like five yeah. miles. But like within the first fifty feet, I guess no oxygen and shock, the cat just passed out. And they're like, "Well, we're scrapping that one now." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, let's
0: use pigeons instead because they well, can handle the pigeons. Force.
1: And then no pigeons, and then bats. And finally, they're like, "Fuck it, let's set off and let's set off with the sun." We'll, um,
0: let's just nuke them. Fuck it, <laughs> fuck it
1: we'll nuke them. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'll send. But I'll, yeah,
0: uh, oh. um... Before we go, I, I actually just um, remember I didn't answer your question about deaths. Um, oh, yeah. I know. Net deaths. I'm sure there's. I, I know of two. Um, okay. One of them was years ago, before I was conceived, 60s or 70s. Okay. Um, someone was actually dragged up into the mill by one of those two ropes. Uh-huh. Those ropes are designed to stretch. They're not designed to break. Yeah. So yeah. when one does break, it has a, a, a enough um, a elasticity to actually snap back and it wrapped around someone's arm and it pulled them up into the mill. Wow. And yeah. the, the guy was <clears throat> squished to that, to sure. say the least. Sure. Um, the other one was during a uh, mill fire um when a paper mill starts on fire that's a huge deal huge deal because there's dust there's a a bunch of just flammable stuff and yes absolutely a spark is a huge deal but um it was unfortunately a firefighter um fighting the fire um over on the one and two mill side um when some supports um burnt through, it it sent an entire wall onto him and the wall was made from brick and he was crushed to death. Um, that was, uh, I think that was in in the eighties. Luckily there hasn't been a death since, but I I will tell you right now, um, our foreman and uh, our, uh, Our head guy um, at the corporate level that works at at our mill takes safety above productivity. Mm -hmm. If he thinks the slightest thing could potentially harm us, he will shut down the mill.
2: Yeah.
0: He, he does not care.
2: Yeah.
0: He will shut it down and he will do everything as safe as humanly possible to make sure everyone goes home with all their legs, fingers, and head, etc.
2: Yeah. So,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, you know, um, I forget what plane it was. It might have been the SR-71. But when they were doing like classified tests in like, the 50s and 60s, it actually had a domestic fatality because the the shockwave was so strong.
2: no, It I snapped th- it in half.
1: Well, no, 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 not that. No. The plane, the shockwave, like they knew these sonic booms were like insane. And I think there yeah. was an emergency in the plane, so it deviated off course and it went out of the desert and it went over some town. But the shockwave, you know, blew out a ton of windows, but it blew out the windows in some like cathedral and there were these guys on scaffolding working and it just it blew them and, it, you know, they fell like Jeez. 60 feet onto marble and just, broke their necks but it was yeah. classified and they could never say what what did it because it was classified yeah. but it's just yeah man talk about a way to fucking go sonic boom from a stealth jet that doesn't officially exist <laughs> fuck that insurance claim but um
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah man let's um <clears throat> let's definitely do another one
0: yeah absolutely i'm gonna, um, there's still a lot of technical stuff i'd like to get into fuck
1: yeah fuck yeah
0: Absolutely, I yeah, mean, um, I would love to be cool too. Well, now that I'm in maintenance, I can actually supply you specifically with videos of it too. I mean, just to show you the process. Yeah. It's so weird. um I mean, just millions of different parts turning and it somehow working. Like it, it, it's literally fucking magic.
1: Looks like some I, Willy Wonka shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- they must have some sort of unicorns and th- the power plant that make this thing run.
1: Well, I, 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 classified.
0: Classified. Yeah, I mean, that's... And yeah. redacted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't get your
1: security <laughs> clearance revoked from showing me unicorns. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, um, hey, it was nice chatting. Dude, fuck yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. Definitely take some videos. That'd be cool. I'll pin those to the end of yeah. the next video. I'll just tag yeah, them absolutely. on at the end. Um I'm, I'm going to send you that book, Nuking the Moon. Do it. <laughs> I think you'd really like it, man. Yeah. We can talk about that next time. It looks fucking crazy.
0: Now, actually Nuking the Moon, um what NASA did and to m- measure the vibrations from the moon,
1: right? Well, no, that we just we impacted a like an orbiter. So, but but okay. our plan was to nuke the moon to show the Soviets that we could Nuke the moon that were
0: awesome.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well Apparently it was in retaliation of Sputnik. We were like, fuck them sending up a beeping sphere. Their well, idea. I, well, was, yeah.
0: I thought retaliation from Sputnik was, uh, um, us sending someone to the moon.
1: Well, yeah, it was that, but before that, yeah. they, what they wanted to do was they wanted to nuke it and they wanted to nuke it right, right at the, so it'd be, so you could see it on the silhouette. They wanted to do it like <laughs> yeah, because they knew the sun would catch it at night. And so they literally wanted this like plume to illuminate. But you know the reason they
0: that didn't that could be Moscow. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but the reason they didn't wasn't because it wasn't feasible. It's because they realized from the different atmosphere or lack thereof, as well as surface composition, that it wouldn't produce the we, we didn't we then realized that mushroom clouds aren't universal, but rather just uh rather an effect of of our atmosphere and atmosphere, conditions around it yeah. we realized it wouldn't create the recognizable mushroom cloud and instead would just be kind of a, a, a blur just like a lump yeah that was why it was mm-hmm. canceled nothing else they were like it won't be the mushroom nothing cloud they're like fuck it mothball it no it wasn't shouldn't should we not nuke the moon it wasn't should, that was no it was no we could do all of it we've got the we've got the math down but it was it's not gonna produce the mushroom cloud it was well then what are we fucking doing what am I doing? You know,
0: I I still think we should nuke the moon just I'm for shits and giggles because we're America.
1: I'm still down for nuking the moon. I'm absolutely right? down. That's how that's how Trump's gonna right. win. He's gonna go. We're gonna nuke the moon. <laughs> Show China that we will not be held. What does that It'll have be to do? tremendous? What does that have to do with coronavirus, sir? That's not the point. The point. at the
0: point. <laughs> All right, man. All right, we'll, dude. We'll, we'll, we'll schedule. We'll schedule the next podcast, Yeah, right,
1: Oh, yeah, I'll text you in a bit. Yeah, man, get some Radical. rest, and uh, thanks again for yeah. doing it, bro.
0: Sir. Yeah, absolutely. Torque, Torque. Wrench. Wrench this fall.
2: All right, buddy. <laughs> See you.